welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that Christ would be glorified and you as our listener would be edified. For more information about us, we please ask and encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase. There you can find out a lot more information about us. Statement of Faith, there's a prayer list there. Uh, there's other information. Uh, you can listen to podcasts, past podcasts. You can send us your Bible questions, and we will do our best to answer them in a future podcast. We, we get a few uh, questions from time to time. And today's podcast does come from a question, and a more probably a statement, but uh, the email reads this. I thought works did not save you, yet baptism is encouraged in one of your podcasts in the past. Well, that's a good question and statement. I'm glad that you're listening. Glad you're trying to pay attention and all that. So I want to encourage you to open a Bible and follow along. We're going to talk about this today. Baptism, in the short answer, is not a work. It is obedience. If you're going to count baptism as a work, uh, so is getting up in the morning, getting dressed, going to church, doing whatever it is that you do there, and go home. That's also a work. But we're commanded to worship it. Nobody ever uh, talks about that. And so, why should a person be immersed into a baptism? Well, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. This is the really the last words that are recorded from Jesus to the apostles, to the, his followers. Go and make disciples of all nations. Okay? Command. Go make disciples. How are we going to do that? Well, part of that has to be the rest of the verse. Baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, why baptism? Uh, you know, I have many folks that I visit with throughout my work week. Uh, claim you do not have to worry about anything that has to do with baptism upside one to the other. They will use the thief on the cross as an example. And we talked about this before in a podcast. To use the thief on the cross, uh, that is just a, it's an empty argument. You cannot prove from Scripture one way or another that man was baptized or not. You cannot. And so it's it's an empty uh, discussion. So if you're going to say he was not baptized, I'm going to say, well, how do you know he wasn't? Uh, John the Baptist baptized a lot of people. And when you say, well, he would have never sinned, uh, he wouldn't have stolen anything, well, uh, that does not hold water either. Uh, many people who claim to be a follower of Christ uh, do stupid things all the time, break the laws, and go to jail. And so, uh, again, that's kind of an empty argument for me. Baptism follows the example of Jesus, first of all. It, it symbolizes our association with Jesus. And as part of the mission of the church, again, Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, 
Thus is the mission of the church, to go make disciples. And within the same sentence, uh, Jesus says, go and baptize. And so, uh, if you want to call baptism a work, then I want to know why every time you go to a different denomination, you have to be baptized. When the scripture is very clear, there's only one baptism that you need to worry about. And that's the baptism into Christ. So, uh, I mean, this could be going on and on. I'm trying really hard not to be very argumentative here. I'm trying to point out there's, there's some real issues here of not thinking this process through. Again, the passage is the Great Commission that we've been reading, and it's the mission uh, that the church needs to work on. It needs to hold to the claim of being disciples, making disciples, reproducing ourselves uh, as followers of Christ. These, again, are the final words that Jesus gives to his disciples before he will ascend into heaven. Now, think about this. Let's just say, for the sake of this argument, you know you're about to go on a very long journey. And you're not going to be back for several decades. And you have this moment to tell your family, your friends, whoever, these are my last words before I leave. Some of you may never see me again on this planet. What are you going to tell them? Oh, hey, pick up the sports page and keep track of your favorite football team? Probably not. You're probably going to give them some very sound advice. Some, something that you really want uh, them to remember you by. Uh, you're going to tell, perhaps you've got to leave your wife or your children, and you're going to express that they are more valuable and more important to you than money. Uh, they're more beautiful than anything else in the world. You're going to say things that are going to register with them, and they're going to hold on to that for a very long time. So again, when Jesus leaves his disciples, this is the most important reminder that he wants them to be doing. He wants them to remember this. Uh, these are the very last parting words that I want you to do this. Go make disciples. Well, how are we going to do that? Well, part of that in that text, in that context that Jesus is saying is immersion, baptism. Now, do I understand uh, the argument, well, you have to believe to, to be baptized. You have to know who Jesus is. Okay, fine. I, I, you're, you're not hearing an argument out of me. And so, we need to understand uh, three things. This is the commission of the church. That final charge. Make disciples, baptize disciples, teach disciples. Okay? Making disciples is helping people hear the gospel to help them know who Jesus really is as the Savior, about his death, burial, his resurrection, that he was God in the flesh. And we take this really serious here. Uh, your salvation and my salvation are the utmost important things, better be, in our lives. And taking the Word of God and His truth and continually to teach that truth, no matter the political opposition, that's what we need to be doing. Because believe me, the apostles face serious political uh, ramifications. Uh, jail, flogging, uh, you name it. And many lost their lives for teaching Christ. 
who was born of the virgin, suffered, died, walked out of that grave three days later. We're teaching that he is the only way. So why is baptism included in that great commission? Why is uh, getting wet, really, for Jesus so important in our spiritual walk? Uh, I, I know some people say there is absolutely no way you can ever, 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 infinity, be saved without baptism. And, of course, the opposite is being taught as well. Now, there can be an argument made for the day of Pentecost, and there's an argument that could be made with Cornelius. I can see both sides of those arguments. But here's the issue. At the end of the day, whether you're going to talk about Cornelius or the Jewish folks of the day of Pentecost, they are all immersed. Every, every time. You can't take this out of the book of Acts. It is there. People are immersed. And some are going to argue, well, Paul uh, was not baptized. That's not true. Uh, he makes it very clear that he was immersed. Acts 22, verse 16, makes it clear that he was calling on the name of the Lord through baptism. And others will say as well that Paul did not uh, send him to baptize, but to preach the gospel. That's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. Paul wanted more than anything to see people saved and uh, being saved by believing in the gospel and not baptized in water well the whole context of 1st Corinthians chapter 1 has to do with baptizing people who was baptized by who and they get into this uh, sticking their chest out a mile and want medals pinned on it who was baptized by who and this is why Paul says I, I didn't really baptize any of you and he'll start naming a couple of families that he, he that he does baptize or did I should say but here's the point. The church in Corinth was practicing baptism because Paul taught them. Obviously, somebody taught them about baptism or they would not be having this discussion and this argument over who, was, who had the better person baptize them. Now, brothers, I want to remind you that the gospel I preached to you in which you received, on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firm to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. This is 1 Corinthians 15, by the way. Verse 3 says, For what I received I passed on to you of first most importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Okay, again, here is Paul. He's talking about believing in Christ, that he died for our sins, that he was buried and raised from the dead. And some say, well, he never mentioned baptism in this part of the gospel. So, if baptism is not essential for salvation, why should you be baptized? That's kind of what this guy's email is saying. He doesn't want to get wet. He doesn't want to get in the water. Uh, it's a work. There's several things that went on in the email. And so, and it's fine that he has that standing that he believes that. He will have to answer uh, to God for that. But again... Baptism follows the example of Jesus. Jesus enters the water at the River Jordan, and if you recall correctly, John the Baptist says, Ah, I don't need to be baptizing you. You need to be baptizing me. So the response of Jesus is, We will do this to fulfill all righteousness. Okay? 
This is found in Matthew chapter 3, 13 through 15. And so, uh, again, there's this argument going on between Jesus and the John the Baptist, who should be baptizing who. They, they're not arguing that baptism should not be done. They're arguing uh, who needed to be baptized and who did not. Obviously, Jesus has not had any opportunities to sin. I should re he actually had opportunities, but he refused or did not do that. We have all sinned and fallen short. Uh, in regards to baptism, uh, again, John will end up baptizing Jesus. And if Jesus was baptized, we also need to be baptized. And before somebody says, well, John wasn't baptizing for the forgiveness of sins, hold on. Turn with me to Mark chapter 1, verse 4 and following. It says, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching baptism of repentance. We don't talk about repentance much more these days for whatever reasons uh, that boggle my mind. But repentance is very much part of the Christian walk. But keep reading here. Preaching baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Period. Okay, so John the Baptist was baptizing people for forgiveness of sin. Water is this baptism. It's really this picture that's associated with uh, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And Paul will talk about that back again in 1 Corinthians 15. That this is the picture that we are doing. We need to also understand that uh, baptism really is um, by immersion. If you would go back and you would study the, the Greek word out, uh, the Bible, when it's translated, uh, there was no English word for baptism in original King James. Uh, this translation really is really a transliteration. They just took the Greek word baptizo and made it into the word baptism. But if I would know, understand what that word baptizo means, by definition it really only means one thing, and it is to completely immerse or submerge something. So if you have a, a sink full of water, and you're washing dishes, and you drop the dish in completely into the water, you, in the Greek term, just baptizoed it. You completely submerged uh, that particular dish so immersion really if you're going to follow the actual example of scripture immersion really is the only way it because not only by definition but also of the picture that it represents of death burial and resurrection sprinkling and pouring and does not give that at all and so and to immerse someone is actually what we need to be doing to symbolize that, that death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. So again, baptism is very much connected with every conversion uh, example that we have in the book of Acts. And the question starts to come around. You're just going to have to ask yourself this. Uh, Paul's conversion is also in the book of Acts. And if Paul was told by Ananias to, to be immersed, to be baptized, calling on the name of the Lord, why would the Apostle Paul teach something different than what he was taught 
in order to obtain uh, the forgiveness of sins, to, to start his walk with Christ. Uh, however you want to word it, it doesn't matter. The point being, Paul was baptized. Why would he teach something different? If he claims to have received the word of God by inspiration, that he heard the message directly from Christ himself, why would he teach something different? I mean, here is Christ on the road to uh, to Damascus. Paul is uh, actually be Saul at the time, but he sees a bright light. He's knocked off his horse. I know nobody says he's on a horse because the text really doesn't say that, but I doubt seriously he was walking to Damascus from Jerusalem. He's on a military campaign, basically, to arrest and throw people into prison, to kill them, to sell them into slavery, whatever. He had the authority to do this, and that's what he was out to do when he uh, meets Christ on that road. And so, again, why would we do anything other than what has been taught by Jesus himself? Again, baptism obeys the command given by Jesus. He tells us to be baptized, and really, if there's no other reason, that honestly should be good enough. If you are claiming to be a Christian, and you're claiming to follow the example of Jesus, why have you not been immersed? I mean, that is the question. Other than perhaps it's rebellion, perhaps you've allowed false teaching to, to creep in, you haven't studied it out for yourself. And please, please, I don't care who's listening, study this for yourself. At the end of the day, I will not necessarily uh, answer for your sin and why you did or did not do whatever. I will have to answer why I didn't teach you correctly or why I did not explain it correctly. There is a higher accountability. I think that's serious uh, for people who are teaching. And again, right after Jesus is ascended into heaven, we have the day of Pentecost, about 50 days later. And here's Acts 2.38. I repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. So, uh, I know the argument is with many denominational folks, uh, your sins have already been forgiven, they've already been washed clean, uh, therefore, you do not have to be baptized. Well, again, that is not true. And so, uh, in the Great Commission, Jesus tells us, again, that the mission of the church is to make disciples and to baptize them, period. Uh, it is something that Jesus himself clearly taught. It was so important, in fact, that he tells these things as the final words. So these are the final uh, l words that he is leaving. He's not coming back. It'd be like you're, uh, you know you're, you're about to die, you're about to be executed, uh, you got really bad cancer or whatever. And you really want your family to remember something that they need to do or should be doing? That You're going to tell them that. You're not going to tell them uh, that the favorite ice cream of the day is vanilla fudge or something. You're, I mean, seriously. There's going to be more serious things to talk about. And this is what Jesus is doing. Again, uh, he tells us through the entire teaching of his word, the scripture, the New Testament... And throughout Scripture, again, we do not find any believers who did not get baptized. It is just not an option. 
Again, if you're going to claim to be a follower of Christ, you should be baptized. I mean, there, there should just be no way around it. I know a guy who went almost 20 years claiming to be a Christian. He loved God, but he refused to be baptized because somebody on television told him uh, that was a work and you're not saved by works, so don't bother. And that's just totally wrong. And so, uh, again, you have a right to believe what you want to believe. God gives us that freedom uh, to believe or not to believe. You can be a partial believer, part-time believer. You can do all those things. But remember this. The Word of God is what will judge you on the last day. I really take that serious. And I, I just really do. Again, uh, I hope in the podcast we've learned something. As you can tell, I'm kind of passionate about this. Uh, I know there's groups out there that's all they want to talk about and preach is baptism. Baptism. There is no other subject in their in their vocabulary. And I really, we're, we're all here, the few of us who try to put these things together, are really trying very hard to stress the fact that the entire Word of God, the complete Word of God, from the words in the beginning to the word amen in Revelation needs to be read, studied, and understood to the best of your abilities. If you're having troubles understanding something, you need to pray about it. You need to pray over it and say, look, God, I, I've been studying this chapter. Um, I, I've heard so many different versions of this and explanations of this. I've read all these commentaries. Nobody agrees. Everybody seems to have their own opinion. That's when you need to sit down before the Lord in prayer. And I mean serious prayer, nothing in passing. You really need to have a serious prayer. Again, by immersion, um, how should I be baptized? Immersion, again, symbolizes the spiritual reality that you are putting your, your old self to death and you're rising a new person. That's actually what this really means. And so, when should I be baptized? Notice this here in Acts chapter 2. You should still have your Bible uh, open there if you're following along. Uh, verses seven, 37 through 41. Peter stood up on that day and began to preach. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brother, brothers, what shall we do? Okay, Peter has just given them a sermon about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. Peter proclaims him to be the Messiah. And apparently uh, they've been listening to this. And they probably very high odds that they all knew who Jesus was. They, I mean, you're only talking 50 days ago. Anybody who had been around long enough to have a memory more than 50 days would have understood what uh, Jesus had been crucified for, why. They probably heard his sermons. And so anyway, verse uh, 39, The promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them to save themselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted this message, verse 41, <laughs> says this, they were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. It's interesting uh, whether you really want to accept the text or not, but in the context here, Part of this idea 
of being added to the church, being added to God's kingdom, uh, appears to be accepting the message. Okay? If you do not accept the message of the death, burial, and resurrection of who Jesus is, and you're baptized, I think you just got wet for nothing. You have to understand the message. You have to accept the message that Peter uh, is talking about here on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 people believe this message of the gospel. And that Jesus was the Son of God. He was God in the flesh. He died for their sins. Uh, he rose from the dead. Uh, never to die again. And that's just what Jesus offers us. They were baptized that very day. And they believed. This is probably why we, uh, a lot of folks do not believe. This doesn't seem to be that much of an issue about baptizing babies. Babies can't believe. They can't. They, there's just no way for them to comprehend that. And anybody who would think a baby would go to hell if they're not baptized needs to sit down and rethink that. Why would God send a child who has no opportunity to sin? He doesn't even know anything other than once fed and once changed, okay? And once to sleep. That's all that baby knows. There is no sin in any of that. So if you're, if you're really truly a believer in Christ, you really need to consider to be uh, immersed if you are not. You really need to study that through. We can see this again throughout the scriptures. The Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8 with and to Cornelius, uh, the first Gentile convert in Acts chapter 10. They believed, they heard a message. And that message was, again, the death, burial, and resurrection of who Jesus uh, was, is, he's returning, uh, he, and they're all baptized. Every one of them. Again, uh, you cannot get around the book of Acts and the conversions and see that people... Uh, but were not baptized because they were baptized. I understand the argument between, again, the day of Pentecost and the conversion of Cornelius. Cornelius apparently speaking in tongues. He's already been talking to Peter, and here's Peter says, Well, how can we keep them out of the water? How can we stop that? And so you see a Gentile who obviously has been filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. You do not see that with the Jewish converts on the day of Jerusalem. And so, again, they were baptized. When you know what Jesus wants you to do and you don't do it, that is sinful. You are not obeying his law. Again, I... I want to thank you, I thank God, for this opportunity to talk about uh, immersion. I know, again, it is a very controversial subject, and it should not be a controversial subject. That's what really uh, kind of gets under my skin, I guess, kind of irritates me. And so, it is a New Testament teaching, it is a New Testament example, eight of them. And again, Paul does teach the Corinth church about baptism. That's why they are fighting and arguing who baptized him. Some will say, well, Paul never talks about baptism with the church in Rome. Well, if you can tell me who actually established the book, I mean, excuse me, the church in Rome, 
we can have this discussion because there is no record who actually establishes the church in Rome. Ah, ah, my answer really is the Holy Spirit. And they're obviously already practicing immersion because by the time you get to chapter 6, Paul is having the baptism discussion. Not that they need to do it, but they've already done it and are practicing it. That's really what Romans 6 is really saying. Again, who, who planted the church in, in Rome? Again, if you're reading Acts chapter 2, my guess is there's people from all around the world, the Jewish people from all around the world at no, at no time, were in Jerusalem to, to celebrate the Passover meal, and they would have heard of Jesus, perhaps they witnessed the crucifixion, perhaps they heard him preach and teach, uh, and that last week, what we call Holy Week or the Passion Week, if you were a Jew, you were in Jerusalem that week. There's just no way around that. You would have been there. So, I again, I want to thank you for listening. I know we don't talk a lot about uh, baptism. We have a few times. Obviously, we had a person who's been listening to a past podcast. I think it's very good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you're doing that. And you too can listen to past podcasts by uh, going to our webpage. In fact, I know you can do that on your favorite podcasting app. So please make sure you hit that like button. Please tell others about us. If you are being uh, rewarded by listening to this, uh, you find it interesting, it's helping your spiritual growth. Um, we get so much positive feedback and we really thank God for that, because without uh, His blessing, uh, we wouldn't be as far as we are with the podcast and this mission that we really have. And uh, and again, I, I know we have regular listeners, over 500 and something between two different podcasting apps. I'm able to, to track that. I'm sure we're on other podcasting apps uh, to be honest, I just haven't really taken the time to try to figure out who's following me on those other ones. I do get reports that people are listening on them. But anyway, from around the world, what a blessing. And please, if you're a prayer warrior, uh, go to our webpage and go to the prayer request page and, and write those folks' name down, screenshot it, do whatever it is that you need to do. They really have taken time out of their day to ask for prayers. I don't. I know that doesn't change on a daily, weekly basis at times, and so we occasionally will get a request to take it down or please keep it up. And we we really want people to continue to pray, and we really need to be praying for one another to seek out the truth. Uh, if you're searching for the truth, you will find it. That is a promise. From Jesus and we certainly hope and pray that part of that promise is being fulfilled through this podcast again please make sure you hit that like button make sure you try to uh, tune in again next week as we prepare uh, another podcast for you again may God bless you and may he have the glory